0: Well, welcome back. You're listening to On Point, and I'm David Peck. We have a very special guest with us here today. Anika Zaumi is here. She's a diversity and inclusion specialist, and I can't wait for our conversation. Anika, thanks for joining us here today, On Point.
1: Thanks so much for having me, David. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: So, so Anika, I'm, I'm fascinated. Is that, I mean, nobody has a business card anymore, but is that actually on your business card if you had one, diversity and inclusion specialist?
1: if i had one i sure would do my best to have it on there
0: yeah i bet so 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 tell me can we we've been we've had a few themes this week for sure we had a a a gender and diversity specialist on we we've had we've been having some really um connected conversations around some global issues things happening all over the world that i don't know are just rooted in this idea of difference and I've always been kind of, a, you know, the, the guy who says, isn't there more similarity through difference than, hmm, can I say, than fear? Anyway, I'd, I mean, these are big, big questions. And I, I, I'd, I'd love to ask you a little bit, just as we go in, how, how do you set the context for somebody when you meet them for the first time and you say, oh, by the way, I'm a diversity and inclusion specialist? <laughs>
1: That's a great question. We're starting light here today, aren't we're we, starting
0: so, We're starting so light, Anika, yeah. If you want <laughs> to tell a joke before we step in, go right ahead.
1: Oh, my goodness. Uh, this is not my stand-up routine. You'll see that later. Uh, <laughs> but uh, setting the context, I think that's a tough one. I think what I found, I mean, I I did my master's in social justice equity studies. Um, I come from, of course, an academic background to some extent, um, like really digging into the roots of these systems, into the the actual research behind these words that I think a lot of people use these days, anti-racism, anti-oppression, intersectionality. But the fact of the matter is, and I think it's important to recognize that that type of language is not accessible for everyone, right? Not mm, everybody yeah, not, not
0: always helpful, right?
1: Yeah. And sometimes that when you're speaking of difference, how do we bridge those gaps? I think sometimes as much as the intention can be there to do good and try to name these systems by using these words. And I, and I love the use of very specific words, but sometimes it can actually further kind of separate you from someone else. Mm. If they feel like you're coming into these conversations with a whole whack of words that don't even make sense to them. And so when we're talking about setting context, I think what I always tell people to do is come wholly as you are, right? And recognize mm-hmm. that that being fully yourself does mean to some extent being very very vulnerable in what your identity is and how it impacts the way that you move through the world. And that's what, when we talk about anti-racism, when we talk about anti-oppression, when we talk about intersectionalities, these big, big million dollar words, we're really talking about how does everybody personally experience the world? And how does that differ based on things that are out of their control? And Mm. coming to a conversation with that context, I think even if the two people in a conversation don't come from the same background, allows you to really have that empathy for someone else to recognize that these conversations aren't about you and what you're doing wrong. It's actually about my experience of the world and that is valid
0: you know there's again it's so wonderful to sort of already just look back on a few shows that i've done this week i've been filling in on this show and and i've had this wonderful opportunity to to speak to people like you and 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 i'm seeing these dots these connected dots so my family and i we just got back from um, europe very fortunate to go away we're in we're in four different countries we're we're staying with some people we're we're Kind of learning languages on the go. My daughter speaks uh, Victoria French. I mean, talk about perspective, talk about mm-hmm. context, and, and kind of fish out of water. Um, and we had some of these conversations as a family. You know, we're on the tube, we're you know, all these different things. How how do you step into somebody else's shoes? You know, is it even is it is it even possible? You know, you use the word empathy, and it's and and so so in other words, you're saying to me as the Canadian who's going out to see the world. I need to be a little more vulnerable. I need to maybe be a little yeah. more transparent and and yeah, anyway, can, can can you actually step into somebody else's shoes?
1: Oh, I hate that. I hate that a question. Um, I think honestly, I think no. I think you can't effectively step into someone else's shoes. That being said, I think the point of having these conversations of being vulnerable is to trust in what that person is saying, trust in their experiences that will then allow you to lead to a conversation that is open and is honest. And that's what it's about, right? It's about recognizing that when someone tells you that regardless of whether or not you've lived it, that this is their reality, they have experienced harm or they have experienced a a situation of conflict because of something that's out of their control, their race, their gender, their age, their sexuality. Whether or not you personally have experienced that, it's the trust in recognizing that, hey, I might not be able to fully step into your shoes and know what that feels like, but I trust you enough to know that what you are telling me is true for you. And that's what it's about.
0: And then and then is the hope. That if we step in that way into a conversation, if we're able to listen, and I think that's one of the themes for me this week has been this idea of we need to listen to others. We need to we need to kind of sit back and not be on the edge of our seat waiting to add to the conversation. We will we'll get that opportunity. But hang on a minute here. Let's just lean back and maybe take in a little bit more, not just information, but 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 um, um, develop a little bit more intimacy. I don't know. Does that make sense, Anika?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think and I think you're leading us to to this concept of what it means to use your privilege, right? People say, well, you need to know how to use your privilege, you know, you need to know how to um recognize that your privilege allows you these spaces and it's like this is what it's about. It's about if sitting back and listening to these very real, very vulnerable stories, trusting that what people are saying is there truth? If you have a black colleague who comes and tells you that they have experienced racism walking down the street, recognizing that you know even if you yourself aren't black and haven't experienced that, that this is the reality that they are facing, and you, if you are not black, have a responsibility to use your privilege to then identify as those systems because you're not personally experiencing it. But why can't you be part of the solution? And I think that's the the biggest motivation, the biggest hope of the work Mm. around anti-oppression and anti-racism is really recognizing that it's not me against someone it's not you know black lives matter against white people that's not what it's about it's about all of us recognizing that the systems that are in place does not serve all of us equally does not serve all of us equitably and therefore we all have a responsibility together to do our best to create new systems to dare to imagine Uh, a future where everyone has that, that access and equity.
0: Our special guest, Anika Zaomi, is here with me today. She's a diversity and inclusion specialist, and I'm hoping she's already put in an order for some new business cards. That's uh, that (laughs) you could do that kind of stuff online now, Anika, you could do it. You know, you could, they could be shipped to you by tomorrow morning. I think, you know, we live, we live in this.
1: TikTok kids are doing these days.
0: Yeah, just you know, and to, I, I order. We used to order five hundred business cards at a time, and it would take forever to get rid of them. I wonder how long it would take today in this. I know Zoom no age. more Rolodexes,
1: right? Yeah,
0: yeah, no more Rolodexes either. You know, you talked about daring, uh, you know, to imagine, and I, I I so love that. And it clearly sounds like you 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 have a, a critical edge, and I don't mean that in a negative way. I mean that in an analytical way, I suppose, and yet. It sounds to me like you're super hopeful as well, um, and maybe not. You you tell me. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm the 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 system. You know, runs deep. I suppose on on so many levels, and it's hard for us to even recognize some of these. You know, um, can I call them ideological kind of uh, worldviews? And and so mm-hmm. so you know you're you know when you're at that party and you're recognizing that truth of the other, you're you're trying to step in their shoes. There's a lot you're also chiseling away against. We had a, a guest on this week talking about uh, you know, um the 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 Pope's apology and and what what that actually means. And 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 if you don't accept it to begin with, it's kind of hard to have that conversation. So is there any advice you can give us, uh, you know, or me for that matter, on on how do you break down some of those barriers?
1: Ooh. Here's another, another light question for us, yeah, right? It's
0: another doozy. Um, yeah.
1: Um, I think let's take this in bits and pieces. I think the first piece is absolutely. I think there's a little bit of that critical dismay around the systems Mm. that exist. And I think we see that a lot, especially in, in activist groups. I think we see that, especially in a lot of young um young folks you know racialized folks queer folks trans folks who who really do talk about how the system does not serve them and i know that's often pushed back against and said you know well look at how good you have it but i think it's actually the, those critical analyses those critical feedback are actually a sign of hope people don't criticize systems that they believe are fundamentally flawed and can't have you know no way of rising from the ashes right people hmm. Criticize systems that they are invested in, that they care about. You don't provide, you know, constructive criticism to your neighbor walking down the street. You provide constructive criticism to your partner, to your friend, to your child, because you want, you believe that they can do better, and you see that as a potential future. And so, I think that's that's one thing is recognizing that these type of critical analysis pushback is not meant to undermine fundamentally the fact that we do. Exist in this context. We exist in this country, and we do have certain privileges. It's meant to say, yes, we have these, but we can do better, and let's do better collectively.
0: So good. Do you do you believe in this idea of similarity through difference? I know uh, it's certainly a, a, a philosophical principle uh, that came out of you know uh, France years ago, Derrida, Deleuze, others writing about some of these things. But I'd love to hear your your, your take on that. You know. Um, is that part of part of why we should be daring to imagine a different world?
1: Ooh I don't know. On, honestly, I will be the first to say, I'm not sure. I think when I think mm-hmm. of when I think of, of a statement like similarity through difference, I would actually say, you know, I I'd rather see um something more to the effect of a common front through difference, right? Recognizing that it's not about making us all the same person. It's not about assimilating every single person until they're just, you know, carbon copies of one another. It's right, actually celebrating right. in the fact that we are fundamentally different and we have different experiences and that's okay, but our goals are the same. And it's about finding companionship it's about finding um solidarity amidst the systems that are trying to separate us and once again daring to imagine a better future where there aren't similarity or there aren't systems chipping away at our differences
0: yeah i mean aren't we mostly wouldn't you say mostly globally all trying to get to the same place you know providing for our families fair fair wages for 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 fair work um you know um, an education like i mean i'm sure we could come up with five or six bullet points that would say we we're, we're, we're aren't we all on the same page i mean and and maybe that's just too too idealistic but but i think there's a core truth there
1: yeah yeah and and i think maybe that's the similarity piece of it right, right it's like right. the similarity is we're all here because we want to not just survive we want to thrive but i think it's it's also recognizing that Just because your goal might be similar, your roots may not be, and that is a result of the systems that affect each of us differently. And therefore, there is a responsibility for those that do have better access, do have better opportunities to kind of reach out and support those who may not, amplify those who may not, so that we can envision a better system.
0: You talked about earlier on, and we've got to wrap up in a, in, in a couple of minutes. But, but and these, these are big, big questions. But I so love that we have this opportunity to, to, to even plant some of these seeds here. Um, you talked about bridging some gaps. Are there, are there any tools, like, and, and I, you know, it, that we can all put into our toolbox? You know, that that I don't know, calling out something that we see that's unacceptable or, or, or ways of trying to step into a conversation about some of these issues, like, you know, the big words, you know, intersectionality and so on. We don't even know necessarily what they mean, but you know what, we can still be moving towards that more hopeful, you know, uh, um, future.
1: Mm-hmm. I wish, my goodness, yeah. I wish we had the yeah. time to sit down and, you know, <laughs> yeah. Where you co-create a plan forward. But right. I do, I do, I do yeah, acknowledge... don't you have a power,
0: don't you have a PowerPoint presentation on this? <laughs> oh, let me pull that up. Um, <laughs>
1: yeah, but right. I, I think the easiest way to to acknowledge kind of where I situate myself in the space is I truly stand on the shoulders of giants. And I'm not mm. the first person to have this conversation. I'm not the most qualified person to have this conversation, right? Like there are folks who spent their entire lives dedicated sure. to it. Yeah. And so instead of telling you what I think. I'll maybe just highlight some folks that I encourage all listeners to to research Kimberly Crenshaw, Dr. Kimberly Crenshaw, who is actually the scholar who coined the term intersectionality has a fantastic um, TED talk that's completely free to access where she talks about what it, what intersectionality means and oh, why cool. there's a need for it. Um, And there's tons of other organizations, uh, tons of consultants. I encourage every organization out there to hire an equity consultant, to hire somebody to do training among your staff and your colleagues, because that's what you need. It's about sensitivity training. It's about knowledge. And it's about giving folks the tools to understand what it means to their own lives.
0: That's so great. And, you know, we had one of those uh, specialists on the show this week, Karen Craigsmill, you may even know her. She was a guest. Uh, Anika, thank you so much for the time today. I mean, I'm barely scratching the surface. We planted some seeds. Thank you for for your insight and your thoughts and 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 for being available uh, to join us here on the show tonight.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure.
0: We've been talking with Anika Zaumi. She's a diversity and inclusion specialist. You've been listening to On Point, and my name's David Peck. And believe it or not, we're at the end of the show. Thanks for listening tonight. I couldn't have done it without my team, our content producer, producer Glenn Brigonier, and technical producer, Corey Manuel. Stay tuned after the 10 o'clock news for a little more conversation with Ben O'Hara Byrne. You've been listening to On Point.